Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. Hello, everybody. We are super excited to hang out with you guys today. We wanted to hop in here really quickly to remind you that we have an amazing and free and awesome program called Your Biz on Autopilot. You can get it at yourbizonautopilot.com. Did I mention it's free? It's basically going to help you go from overwhelmed and overwhelmed to automated queen, running your business in your sleep, doing all the things without having to actually do all the things. So if that sounds fancy to you, head to yourbizonautopilot.com and enroll because it's free and it's awesome. Cool. So today we're talking about surveying all of your friends, your audience, your peoples. Woo. (laughs) That was the lamest woo I've ever heard in my life. No, no, seriously. I'm excited because today you're going to learn all about how to do a survey, why it's important, how to actually create the thing, a little bit of our tips and tricks on it, and most of all, and probably my favorite thing, some of the questions that you should actually consider asking inside of this bubbly, delicious thing that's going to give you so much information that you'll be exploding with ideas by the end of it. So I'm excited to share this journey with you. <laughs> this Let's go on a journey. I'm creating a survey. So why the heck would you want to create a survey in the first place? So I think first we kind of need to back it up and acknowledge the fact that everyone and their mother talks about your ideal client, your customer avatar, your dreamiest of people and catering to them, right? Catering yeah. your content to them, catering your products to them, your services to them, all of the things. But how do you know what to cater to them if you don't even know what they want? Exactly. We are big proponents of not making someone in your head and not creating this person that doesn't exist, but instead talking to real human beings who you want to serve. Exactly. And I think a survey, it sounds 
so lame. Like to me, it sounds like someone's going to show up to your house (laughs) and knock on your door and be like, I am picketing about this awful political thing going on right now. And I want to survey you. Mm -mm. So you need to make this sound like the best thing that's ever happened to your business. And honestly, we need a new, it needs a new title. Like we should not call them surveys anymore because I feel like surveys have gotten a bad rap, but they can seriously do so much for you. And if you can incentivize and make it seem easy to do, you'll be surprised how many people will actually give you really valuable feedback. Yep. We remind our readers and our audience that they are literally helping shape the content that we have here at TCC. And so by your questions and by your feedback, we are able to write different types of blog posts, bring on different guest experts, create different content, courses, webinars, workshops for you, podcast episodes for you based off the responses from that survey. Instead of us just making up the things that you guys want to hear about, it's actually your platform to tell us. We also keep our surveys anonymous. Sometimes we don't, sometimes we do for these particular reader type surveys we do, because I think it kind of gives you some freedom to tell us that you never read the blog if you actually never read the blog. But if you're typing in your name and we know who it is, you might want to tell us that you check in every day when in reality you don't. So depending on your audience, depending on the purpose behind the survey, you may want to consider making it anonymous. Absolutely. So why or how often should you be doing Mm -hmm. this? Why and how often? I think it's Why and how often? So why you would do this is you're at a point in your business where you feel like you're at a crossroads and or... You're lacking some important information that literally is sitting two steps in front of you, but you don't have access to it. Yeah. Because the really cool thing about the internet is it gives you so much information. You can go onto Google Analytics and you can see what country people are from. You can see how many times they have visited your website. You can know which content is most popular and you can gather a lot of information from that. But there's a lot of things that you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know where did they originally find you? Why do they visit your website? What about your website or your product or your service is what continues to bring them back? What sort of changes would they want from you in the future? Google Analytics does not give you that information. Mm -mm. And if you're at a point where you're like, I really would like to come out with a new product or, you know, consider changing what I offer on my content, this might be a good crossroads Mm -hmm to offer a survey and really get some valuable information back from the people who are already around on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there are two surveys we can talk about today. One being that particular type of survey. So you're maybe pivoting, you're maybe offering something new and you need to find out answers to deeper questions than what Google Analytics can tell you. But there's also an opportunity when after you sell something to survey that particular buyer to gather testimonials, reviews, 
for that particular program or service so you know how to change it in the future or you know how to market it. So these are two completely different surveys. So for the question of how often, we pop up a very quick, non-anonymous, so you fill out your name and your email survey at the end of every single program we sell, even if it's free. So when you finish the content, the very last module is going to be a survey where you tell us how that program changed your life. So we're asking for your before, we're asking for your after, we're asking for key takeaways, all of that good stuff that we can then turn around and use to market that particular thing or make it better based off your feedback. So those go out every time we sell a program. So those are happening all the time. These particular reader surveys, where we're trying to get deeper information I think personally, you could do them every quarter. You could do them twice a year. We tend to do them really once a year, sometimes at the beginning, maybe at the end. So maybe twice if we're lucky, but getting it in for sure once in 2017 was a priority for us. It didn't go out at the beginning of the year like we intentionally or originally planned, but it went out. So it was fine. (laughs) Absolutely. But as far as those surveys about products or services that someone has already purchased, you can include that in some sort of drip in addition to, like, for instance, our courses, it makes sense that it's in a module. But if you're selling someone, say, a product in your Etsy shop or on your website, or maybe they even book a service with you, you may want to automate an email that goes out to them after a certain period of time has passed since Mm -hmm. they purchased that product or service. That's the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. So particularly in ConvertKit, you can set this up where once they purchase the thing, they are tagged as a purchaser of that thing. And then you can send them a confirmation email, perhaps. It's like, thank you for purchasing this thing. Here's any other information you might need. Perhaps two weeks later, maybe it's 30 days later, maybe it's 90 days later, depending on what you're offering, pop back in in their email and ask them, hey, how's it going? What's your progress like on this course or this PDF? Or are you enjoying your planner? Are you filling it out? Like whatever it is that you're selling, touch back in and ask them how it's going. And then kindly ask them, take a couple minutes and fill out the survey I've created so I can get your feedback to make future things better for you. As far as how to capture this information, I think there's really, I mean, there's tons of options out there, but let's keep it Simple, right? Simple, baby. Simple. Yes. Our two favorite ways, creating it in Squarespace, creating it using SurveyMonkey. So the only reason I think you should use SurveyMonkey if you have Squarespace, like if you have Squarespace, use Squarespace, be done with it. And we'll walk you through how to create that. But I use SurveyMonkey as a photographer way back when, mostly because you can pop in and type form also is another great option. They're very, very similar. You can pop into their account. It's free to create up to 10 questions. So know that you're not going to be able to ask more than 10 questions. And that includes what's your name, what's your email, whatever personal information you're asking. So those are going to count as part of your 10 questions. But If you don't know where to start at all, if you don't know how to ask, if you don't know how to design it, if you don't know what you want it to look like, creating surveys using those platforms, they have templates for you. So you can pick a template that's for photographers, for a designer, for a wedding planner, whatever it may be. And they're already going to have pre-populated questions for you that might help you generate ideas on how you want it to look. 
Squarespace isn't necessarily. It's going to be a blank no, just, form. Just type form and just SurveyMonkey. That's why only if you're not on Squarespace, I'm sure there are some WordPress options. I don't know what those are. But if you are wanting to use something that's like pre-designed, ready to go, but limited to 10 and free, SurveyMonkey or Typeform are your best options. Yes. Now, the great thing about both SurveyMonkey and Typeform is they're going to give you some analytic data automatically. Which is which, awesome. Which is super awesome. So if you're sending this out to a massive group, say your readership, and when I say massive, I mean like more than 10 people. Right. <laughs> so... So if it's more than a handful and you're sending it out, it's going to automatically calculate percentages of different types of answers. Mm -hmm. So if you're not just wanting to just glance over the data, like for us, having it in Squarespace is totally fine because I don't necessarily need super specific analytics. If I wanted that information... I have it automatically go into a Google form in addition to sending us an email. So I could congregate that data and make those percentages. I, it would take an extra step, but it also lives on our website and it looks really pretty. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's and pros I created and cons it in like less than 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's pros and cons to both options. Mm -hmm. So I think it just depends on where you're at. But really, you, there's no wrong option with this. No. No, if you're already on Squarespace, perhaps just start one there. They have beautiful forms. It's going to look great. It's going to look branded because it's on your site. You could send people a link that's directly connected to your site. It's super handy and helpful. So now let's talk about what you can actually ask in these surveys. Yes. So don't get so broad that no one knows how to answer the question. Yeah, I'm going to be real honest here, and some people are probably going to get annoyed. I personally hate the question that everyone is recommended to ask their audience, what are you struggling most with blank? So what are you struggling most with Etsy? What are you struggling most with blogging? What are you struggling most with finances? That question is so broad. And so not helpful to what you need to hear. Because as the creator of the survey, you need to try to structure your questions in a way that's going to get the answer that you need. I'm not saying like, like make it, like spin it to only get answers that you want. Like, do you like my content? And everyone just forced to say yes. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if, say you are teaching about finances and you specifically want to teach about budgeting for small businesses, the question of what are you struggling most with finances is going to get you a shit ton of responses. Like we might say something personally, like in our own life of finances, I can't save, I can't, you know, I spend too much at Target, whatever it is. But if that's not even what you want to teach, if that behavior isn't what you want to help with, those responses are not going to help you. Does that absolutely. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you can spin a question specifically about blogging. So I see all the time, it even pops up in our group. What are you struggling most with blogging? What are you struggling most with like being profitable or whatever? So instead of asking something broad like that, spin that blogging question to what prevents you from putting out the amount of blog content that you want to? So maybe you're going to teach 
time blocking. Maybe you're going to teach content creation. Maybe you're going to teach scheduling on Squarespace or WordPress or whatever. Maybe those are the things that you're good at. So you need to know why aren't they putting out as much content as they want to. People could go all day long about blogging. I can't pick a theme. I don't know what to write. I don't know, you know, headlines, I whatever. I don't know how to research the data. Like all of those could come from so many different places that you don't know about. So ask it in a way that is in your zone of genius. So what that's going to do specifically is get you pain points back that you can then use on things like sales pages, mm-hmm. sales emails, yep. Instagram, like blog literally posts. copy paste. I hear you say, I am not able to create as much blog content as I'd like to because it takes me three hours to write a blog post. Hello, maybe you're teaching people how to write a blog post in less than 20 minutes. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So think about how you could make your questions specific, but get you to the answers that are going to be helpful, but also not going to get you answers that are just, like Emily said, just going to give you answers that you're hoping for. Right, right. Like, and try specifically to not ask too many yes or no questions. Yes. And the way that you can shift this that will still be helpful for you, and we just did this in our last survey, instead of asking, like, are you in business? Do you have a business? Yes, no. Okay, what does that really tell you? Depending on what you're teaching or how you're helping may not really matter. Do you have a blog? Yes, no. So specifically, I broke it down to, do any of the following statements fit you, yes or no? And so I would say a sentence that I hear from our people all the time, and they said, yes, no, that doesn't apply to me. Say another sentence, yes, no, that one doesn't apply to me. Maybe they don't, maybe all of them may not apply to one person, and that's fine. I'm trying to find this, the people that it does apply to and specifically read their responses on the rest of the survey. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes a to- it makes a lot of sense. Another big trick is do not for oh my gosh, please please do not make every answer a fill in the blank where they, where they have to type the answer because someone will leave immediately. Yep. You need to mix it up. You need to have some that are check all that apply. Rate this 0 to 10. Give me yes no maybe or you can have a few short answers, maybe one or two ones that you're getting longer feedback from, mm-hmm. and you might even make those optional. Yes. So spoiler alert, our last survey that we will link in the show notes for you all to fill out, I made every single post optional. Mostly because I know y'all are strapped for time and I want you to fill out the ones that you feel strongly opinionated about. I don't want you to feel forced to answer something because when you are, especially for all of them, you're just going to make something up. Like if you don't have time to, to spend the time to answer it, that's not going to be accurate. Absolutely. Another quick tip is make it a little funny or make it a little quirky so that you can use that information later. Like, are you a dog, cat, or hamster person? <laughs> Do you prefer tea, coffee, lemonade, or or Red Bull? <laughs> you know, like 
make it something that's just a little all over the place. And then you can say, you know, on an Instagram post next week, I found out 25% of you drink Red Bull on a regular basis and y'all need to calm your tits. Like, yeah, like you know what I mean? I, Mom, I'm sorry. I should have said <laughs> She got that from me. I'm sorry, Debbie. <laughs> So no. sorry. <laughs> don't don't drink Red Bull, please. Please I hope- don't, because then I- you will need to call me this. <laughs> crazy. No, so but- yeah, add in <laughs> spots of humor that are on brand or funny. For our reader survey last year, we asked people again with the animals, again with the coffee, something else funny that now I'm totally blank. Oh, what would you rather jam out to, Taylor Swift or Beyonce? really care like that doesn't change how I'm going to do business it's just funny to know and it's funny to like 76% of you wanted to jam out to Taylor Swift rather than Beyonce I'm making that up because I can't remember the stat but it's just funny to know and it kind of breaks up the I'm in the business zone or I'm in whatever this topic zone is with something funny and lighthearted so they'll continue and not get bored yeah because some of you not all of you are in b2b Some of you are in consumer land, and especially if you're in consumer land, you got to be way less serious about this, or they're not going to answer you. So please, for the love of all things bacon flavored, please, please make it a little funny. Make it super easy to answer. Make it so that I can do it in less than five minutes. And... Think through whether it makes sense for it to be anonymous or not. Yeah. I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important. I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com slash shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com slash shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And then ask yourself, what other questions can you ask that are going to help you gear your content, not specifically towards like, do you want to hear more about like how to create new blog ideas? But maybe it would be helpful for you to know what places they shop at. What type of foods do they like? Are they coffee or tea? Do they listen to Audible books? Do they use Dropbox? Like what other services, platforms, apps do they use in their just regular life, business and personal? And that way you're able to picture the type of person that you're serving better and you're able to create content that's more geared towards how they live their regular life. Yes. And think think about what their life is like as well. Like you might consider asking them and you, if you don't actively know the answer, do they have kids? Are they married? Are they single? Are, do they have a full-time job? I mean, gear, gearing those sort of questions, because then you're going to be able to target content to them later. If you know 80% of your people have kids, then you need to have more kids in your photographs. You need well, to... And I think what's interesting with knowing that, and specifically the question about kids, when we had our friend Melissa Johnson on from Best Friends for Frosting, she has kids and started talking about them more on her blog and then asked her readers, do you like these posts where I talk about more lifestyle and my kids? And they were like, eh, I only like it when it's geared in this way. So that flat out told her she didn't have to get personal. She didn't have to share her kids' lives. She didn't have to do that as long as it was kind of DIY and craft related that they were okay with it. So that told her and that left her off the hook of something that she didn't really feel comfortable doing in the first place. And so ask your people. Yeah. So she changed her content from personal stories about her children to party planning for like a fourth birthday. That right. sort of thing. Right. And so you might find that because of how they're answering this, the way you're going about it needs to shift. Not necessarily what you're doing is wrong, but just mm-hmm. it needs a different twist. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that we added to our survey this year, and I found this just from browsing surveys upon surveys upon surveys, and someone actually called us out on it in a great way, so I'm happy I included it. They said, loved how simple and to the point the survey questions were, and that last question does make you think a lot. And the last question on our survey is, what do you feel like is missing in the online education workspace? What do you feel like is needed in order for you to succeed? Tell me. Tell me what you want us to create for you to do better at your job. And so that was, I think, one of two questions that we asked on the survey that actually had people type in an answer and almost every single person filled it out. Yeah. And some people gave it a sentence or two and some people gave us like a paragraph worth of super valuable, rich content that we are now able to run with. And we are able to take and use those results to improve what we're doing for y'all. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask what's missing, 
what do you need to be doing better, what could be approved on your site with what you're offering, etc. Don't be afraid to ask those questions because that feedback, the, the, there may be just a few people who spend the time to answer that because it's kind of a tough one sometimes, but the stuff that you're going to get from that is going to be super impactful. So the big question I think we get asked is people are like, okay, I get I need a survey. I get how to create it because Typeform and SurveyMonkey make it super easy. But how do I get the survey out there? How do I get people to fill it out? So I have some ideas to help you get people to actually spend the time to fill out your survey. Mm -hmm. And this is the part you need to do, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Probably just ladies, let's be honest. Ladies. If there's a gentleman listening, please call yourself out. If you're a token dude. I would like to know. What is your name? (laughs) And you're not my dad. (laughs) Yeah, if you're not my dad or her dad. (laughs) Okay. Or, and actually, I was going to say my husband, but he definitely doesn't listen. No, neither does mine. I told him not to. (laughs) Okay. So how do you send it out? So it doesn't have to be complicated. I think a lot of people make it out to be this big giant thing that they have to launch like it's the next Mona Lisa. And y'all, it's not, it doesn't have to be crazy. The next time you do an Instagram post. Write some really nice words and really nicely ask them to fill out your survey and make the link easy to type. That's the biggest thing. You can't make it bit.ly slash 347625W because no one's going there, okay? You need to make it, you know, thinkcreativecollective.com slash survey. Like that's Mm -hmm. just what it needs to be. Mm Mm-hmm. So apparently that's what I need to make it because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not, not that. <laughs> it's not currently that, but it will be that by the time this happens. So I'm writing that down slash survey. Yeah. But pop the link everywhere. Change to- it on Instagram, post it on Facebook, send an email to your people, write a blog post about it, go live about it and ask people to fill it out. Don't make it complicated. Mm-mm. If you need people, if you're afraid, you're like, this is the first time I've ever done this. I don't know if anyone's ever going to do this. You can incentivize people to fill it out. I don't think it's necessary. No, because you're the only person that's going to know if only two people fill it out. That's so true, but you can incentivize it. I have seen people do this. Don't give away an iPad, okay? Please, for the love, I I need more than all things bacon flavored. I need a new tagline besides that. Mm. Just don't do that. Mm -mm. You can give away something simple, though. It could be 10 bucks to Starbucks. It could be, you know. $5. Big spender over here. Yeah. $5. That's one drink. One drink to one person, not to everybody. One person. Like you're going to raffle it off. Yeah. And they have to give their email to make that happen. Yes. You could, you know, give a 10-minute discovery call with you. Make it cost nothing. Yeah. Like digital. Yeah. So that the thank you page of the survey is this thing they can go download for free. But you got 
their email address in the process of them yes. filling it out. If you're making it anonymous, you don't have to incentivize. Like only exactly. if you're getting emails because now everybody wins. You're getting responses and you're getting emails and someone's going to get something awesome. But don't feel like you have to do that. No. That's only if you're feeling the pressure and I would really only incentivize it if you decided to make it longer than you should have. But d- this is my warning to you. Just make it shorter. Just cut it down. Less than 10 questions, people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to have people finish your survey and then you're going to be crying in your bowl of SpaghettiOs. Yep. No one wants that because surveys are valuable. So do them and ask people kindly to fill them out. So now that you've sent it out to everyone and their mother and you're getting responses, what the heck do you do with all this? How do you read it? How do you change? What do you do? What is life? What is life? <laughs> I feel like I feel like I need cue music. Cue um, music. <laughs> okay, so now you have results, which is super great, but you got to do something with the results. You cannot just sit on this information. You need to give yourself a deadline. So... When you tell people to fill it out, you can't just willy-nilly say, please fill out the survey, and then don't say anything again. Like, you need to be like, please fill out the survey in the next 24 hours, or, you know, by the end of the weekend, or whatever, and have some kind of deadline involved so that you know when you're going to cut off results so that you can start analyzing the data. Which doesn't mean you have to take the survey down, but... There's no reason for you to go in and analyze data of seven responses and then two weeks later you have 11 more. So now you got to go analyze them again, like get you a good solid chunk. And then if you have people come through, then just mark your calendar. Maybe every couple months, go back in and see if you have a new chunk of people and just look at how the answers have changed. Yeah. So if you used SurveyMonkey or Typeform, you're going to see some analytics based on your multiple choice answers. Now, mm-hmm. if you had the fill in the blank, there is no analytics for that. So you're going to have to actually read right. Right. the answers. Meaning where they typed in their answer instead of selecting an answer. Correct. So on the select an answer, you're going to be able to see... This percentage of the people who filled it out said this. Now, what are you going to do with that information? If all of a sudden you know that all of these people over here aren't using your product and they've never heard of you, but they filled out your survey, like you probably need to do something with that information. (laughs) And I can't give you a ton of ideas as to what to do with the results because I don't know what you're asking. Right. But But specifically, like for responses that we've gotten for the survey recently, so already some changes that I'm anticipating, some of the comments of what people say is missing in the online industry, we sell something that can help that. So clearly there are people who still don't understand. So what are some different marketing tactics we can have for some programs that we already offer? Maybe there are some blog posts that we can write to help pinpoint people and channel them more clearly into the things that we sell and we offer. One of my favorite questions to ask is how do you like consuming content? So yes, this is a lot for B2B, but it could be for other businesses who are blogging and considering live video and webinars, et cetera. 
And so what I would like to do, because we haven't done this yet because we just popped in the survey, but once we know, that is the one answer I would like to know the percentage of people like to read blog posts, they like Facebook Lives, they like webinars, like what do they like more? And then that's going to tell us we need to do more of that thing. Yes. And or not necessarily neglect what we're already doing, but just spend more energy perfecting that one thing. Like maybe everyone answered Facebook Live and that's something we do, but we're just kind of like, oh, let's go live about it. So maybe it needs a more clear strategy if that's how people like hanging out with us. Yeah, because last month we did 17 Facebook Lives, which was awesome, but they were they weren't structured. Right. Whereas like our webinars have slides and they have outlines and they have sales pitches and they're very much in line Mm -hmm. with us having a result at the end of them. Yeah. So if people want to consume content on Facebook live, but that's not where our structured selling is happening Right. Then we need to adjust our strategies. Yes. So, so you think through what answers you're getting and then analyze your results. And then I want you to come up with three to five things you can do in the next 30 days to take that content and run with it. And it might, they might be small tweaks to things you're already doing. Mm-hmm. It might mean, you're going to start a new campaign to market something that you already have just differently. Mm -hmm. It might mean adjusting the types of images that you share, the words that you use around the images you're already sharing. It might mean adjusting your blog posts. It's really all about seeing what they say and really thinking through, okay, This makes sense for me now because I have this information. Whereas before, you were just guessing. Let's be honest. Yeah. Maybe you, it's really hard to tell, especially like how people find you. I think that's a really important question for a survey is where did you find us? Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, an email, a friend, a billboard. Like what was it? And so then you can know, okay, maybe you're spending a shit ton of money on a billboard to go up, but like one person on your survey answered that. So you see, okay, they're actually coming from Pinterest. So I need to redevelop my strategy here. Yeah. It's all about tweaking and repeating, guys. Tweaking and repeating. (laughs) I need to stop singing all the things. uh, I mean, do we though? No. (laughs) We'll ask people in our survey, do you hate when we sing on the podcast? (laughs) It's fine. So let's go ahead and get into some talk strategy to me, shall we? Sure. Sure. So if you are wanting to create a survey for your audience, what are the initial steps that you need to take to make it go from, I should ask some questions to you're getting responses from your people? Well, I would... I would do the first thing is decide, is this a survey surrounding a product you are selling or is this a general feedback survey from your audience? Yep. Make that decision first and then choose your platform and spend two minutes on deciding your platform. SurveyMonkey, Typeform, or Squarespace. Those are your choices. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. One, two, three. 
Flip a coin. We've done all of them. Ask your husband. It doesn't matter. Tell tell Siri to flip a coin and go with it. That has three sides. That has three sides. (laughs) (laughs) And then go with that one. So now you've picked picked your thing, right? And so obviously the next step is to fill out your questions. So I'm not even going to tell you to do that. After that, once you like pick your thing and you put your questions, share it in three different places. Yes. Whether that's your most popular social media channel and then your next popular social media channel and then your blog or in a newsletter, whatever makes sense for your audience. I want you to pick three different places to share it and start getting your responses. And then after you get your responses, you need to go through the results and pick three to five action items that you can work through in the next 30 days and put those on your calendar the day you go through the results. Don't like Mm -hmm. decide on what you're going to do and then put it on a piece of paper and put it on your desk somewhere. Don't do that. That's not going to work out for you. Be actionable. Research, here's another step for you. (laughs) Here's a step before your steps. We should have gone over this in a different order. Look at other surveys in similar industries and see what they're asking. Mm -hmm. This is not stealing. Like you can't own a question. So look and see, do the questions of what other people in similar industries to you, are they going to be helpful for you? And even if it's not the same exact thing that you offer, are they talking to the same kind of people and how are they framing their questions? Bonus, bonus step. Oh, there's like seven steps in this strategy. Bonus step, have a margarita. Oh, with some salt and a lime on the rocks. And then take a picture of it because I don't drink right now. So send send it to me. Send send me a picture of your margarita because you just finished your first survey. Your extra bonus step. It's to complete our survey that you can find at thinkcreativecollective.com slash survey, (laughs) or you can click the link in the show notes that you can find at thinkcreativecollective.com slash podcast. She means the strategyhour.com, which is the same thing. It goes to the same page. We have links that go to this everywhere. It's fine. (laughs) And then your extra bonus step, your, your incentive for me (laughs) is to go leave us a review at the strategyhour.com slash iTunes and sign in to the Dilly Dad. How is that an incentive? It's not. It's an incentive for me. (laughs) (laughs) They don't get anything. I just get all the things. I want your survey responses and I want your review. (laughs) She's just using you people. You're welcome for this podcast. That was super helpful. Now thank me. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode. We gave you a lot of action steps today. If you're at all confused about the steps and the extra, extra bonus steps. The 1A and the 1B and the 1C steps. You can find all the information at thestrategyhour.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.